Hello, everybody. This is Billy Shakespeare uh, coming at you off the cuff uh, for the first uh, few episodes. Uh, my plan is to be as off the cuff um, and less structured, uh, but we'll find that uh, there will be more of a structured programming as we go along as I continue to test this platform. Uh, so I thought I'd start just by talking to you a little bit about uh, my experience with Shakespeare and how I got started with Shakespeare and how I came to love it. My first uh, exposure to Shakespeare um, was basically um, when I was 19. Basically, I um, was going to community college and uh, I was uh, approached by professors as well as colleagues to take on the chorus uh, from Henry V. And, uh, and that chorus text was from the beginning of the play, O for Muse of Fire. Anyway, um, so I started taking it on, and, um, and before I actually go on uh, to express a, what that experience was like, um, you know, as a person of color, I never really thought that I would have a place in Shakespeare or have an appreciation for it. But as I um, exposed myself to reading more Shakespeare, I became completely in love with the text, the poetry of it, uh, the sophistication of it, and the rhetorical arguments and the um, the poetical and heightened uh, world that Shakespeare was so brilliantly a master at. And uh, I and I, you know, I have to thank my mom for uh, really uh, instilling this early appreciation of Shakespeare's works, because as as a nine year old, she would um, encourage us to actually read um, uh, bits and pieces of uh, the complete works. Um, and before we sat down and watched television, it was required reading. And so, you know, I was fascinated, you know, I remember uh, my mom buying uh, the complete works of Shakespeare in this really um, old edition. And I was fascinated by how thick it was. And um, as a little boy, you, you, you're just kind of in awe and wonder at how, like, anyone could even um, want to read such thick uh, uh such a thick book but my mom i picked up uh wonder and childlike uh uh excitement about my mom's um uh appreciation for it she i remember her telling me you know you really should read this i mean he is a brilliant writer he is a brilliant storyteller and the stories are magical and um and i took her word for it so, skip forward to community college. I'm looking at uh, King Henry IV's prologue, um, uh, uh, you know, by the chorus. And, um, you know, my interpretation was very immature and young, green, and I definitely was all over the stage uh, when I performed it. Uh, I mean, when I mean all over the stage, I was clownish, completely embellished, um, and my interpretation of it was it was very um, 
definitely, definitely green. And my professors called me out on it. Uh, and they told me that I didn't have to be so clownish about it and that I could just recite the words and just say the words. And I remember that being very fascinating for me, that kind of tip from a professor, that, that heightened language like this could be approached from a very conversational standpoint. And so that intrigued me. And I I dove deeper into the text. I really reflected on on what it really meant to read the text, interpret it, uh, and then say it back and offer it out in a way that was relatable. Um, um, so I finally got to that place and, um, and uh, performed it again. And they, you know, it was much more acceptable. So uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a snippet now. Pardon my rustiness in the Shakespeare uh, uh, poetry I might even skip a few lines, uh, but um, I'll go ahead and recite it to you now. And um, in the next episode, uh, we'll go ahead and dive into the text analysis, what it really means, um, and uh, maybe you know be a little bit more performative with the language. But for now, let's just talk the words, okay? Here it is. Henry V, prologue, the part of the chorus. Oh, for a muse of fire that would ascend the brightest heaven of invention. A kingdom for a stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold the swelling scene. Then should the warlike Harry, like himself, assume the port of Mars, and at his heels, leashed and like hounds, should famine, sword, and fire crouch for employment. But pardon, gentles, all the flat unraised spirits that have dared on this unworthy scaffold. Can this cockpit hold the vasty fields of France? Or may we cram within this wooden know the very casks that did affright the air at Agincourt? O oh, pardon, since a crooked figure may attest in little place a million, and let us, ciphers to this great account on your imaginary forces work, Think, when we talk of horses, that you see them, printing the proud hooves of the receiving earth. For tis your thoughts that now must deck our kings, carry them here and there, jumping o'er times, turning the accomplishments of many years into an hourglass for the which supply. Admit me, chorus, who prologue like your humble patience pray, gently to hear and kindly to judge our play.